Meow, meow, meow. Meow again. Kirsten, you can talk? I can talk. That's a statement, not a question. Brian, you can talk? I can, sometimes. Yeah, okay, I'm good enough. Cool. <laughs> good enough is good for us. <laughs> Today on the Geek Out Podcast, Twitter is now X. Is it though? Is it really? Dwayne Johnson is being a good and rich guy during the writers and actors strike. We've got a bunch of San Diego comic con stuff. Mm. And of course, we review and recommendation Barbenheimer. Nerdy is the new sexy. It's good to be a the Zones Geek Out, the podcast. It's the Zones Geek Out podcast. This is episode 249. We record this on the morning of Wednesday, July 26, 2023. I'm Webmeister Bud. I host Bud's Weekly Geek Out Wednesdays at 720 with Dylan and Jason in the Morning Zone. R.I.P. Art Aronson. I'm DJ Boitano, back from vacation. I do the weekday wind down and the mixtape in the afternoon zone. Oh, how was that vacation, Brian? That seemed nice. It was nice. Very nice. You went to Tofino? Very, very nice. Yeah, we went to Tofino for the first half of last week, and uh, yeah, it was most mostly just like my my sister's been here for most of the month of July, mm-hmm. and um, my brother in law finally came, and uh, when he got here, we took him to Tofino because he's an avid surfer. So oh, like, let's all surfing awesome. at Tofino. Yeah, I saw you got in the waves a little bit there. How was that? Yeah, I'm a less than average surfer. <laughs> <laughs> Did you get tossed around a little bit? Yeah, yeah, and then like I always, I'm always like man, my either my arms are so skinny or they're too weak. I can't catch these waves. Oh, no, <laughs> it's not easy. Somebody push me, <laughs> brother, wow. brother-in-law. Can you push me on this one? And then was he just like ripping around so good? Oh yeah, yeah. Well, and these were baby waves yeah. for him, right? of course. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's very funny, cute. Okay, my name is Paul Bustino, and um, I've been to Tofino, too, so not to brag, but um, also, and I'm still asleep because I barbenheimed until one in the morning last night. Wow, what an experience. Double movie, double movie. It was, I feel insane to be sitting in a movie theater that long, but it'll all be worth it when I'm too mm-hmm. tired to review either of them. <laughs> At the end of this podcast. <laughs> At the end of this podcast. <laughs> I did it yesterday, too, but I, I split it up. Yeah, that's so smart. Because what time did you see break from the theater? Yeah, what time did you see Oppenheimer at? Like in the middle of the day, right? It's the middle of the day. Yeah, it was like uh, during my kind of split shift break. So I went for like I guess twelve thirty to three thirty, and then um, Barbie after my evening show. So we went to like the nine thirty showing. Yeah. So we got out late as well for that, and then. And then I slept late because I still watch Secret Invasion. I was <laughs> going to ask. Dude. Oh, oh, my God. So do you, you're going to have to do a record or something with your thoughts. I could, yeah. Yeah. I, it's, it's funny because, like, yeah, I, uh, I got home at 11.45 and I had started to make the decision. I was like, okay, I'm getting ready for bed. <laughs> By the time I'm ready for bed, it's like... 11.58. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it was like 11.58. I'm like, mm, I could wait two minutes and then watch for, I don't know, like half an hour or 38 minutes, however long the episode was. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and then I figured, yeah, you know what? I'll, I'll do it. Yeah. I think you made the I'll right choice. It's only an extra half yeah. an hour. Otherwise, you would have just like laid awake in bed thinking about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's fair. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> Visions of scrolls dancing in your head yeah. rather than just, <laughs> yeah. just watching it and then so going I, to sleep. So I Barbenheim scrolled. Oh, jeez. Wow. That's so great. All right. Well, and I'm Kirsten James. Oh, that's right. Thank goodness. <laughs> This week on Bud's Weekly Geek Out. Elon Musk changed the name of Twitter to X because he's trying to make X the everything app because he wants to be WeChat, the everything app in China. Mm -hmm. And he got mocked and he doesn't have any trademarks to it. And uh, it's just a stolen letter from a freely available online font. And Mm -hmm. I don't even think he designed it. I think he was just looking for someone else to design it for him and they would use it. And... Yeah, it's a bit a bit of a cluster, and uh, we'll we'll continue to see how this whole saga goes. Well, you know, some some pudding with proof in it was this morning as I was coming in here. Uh, Jenny's filling in on the morning news, and I just uh, heard her mention as part of her newscast about you know the, the ferries are broken and blah blah blah, and up on their website and their Twitter, and uh, yeah, you know, yeah. and 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 so there it is. Whether she did that on purpose or whether that was in a wire or if. You know, like, that's just what people are going to call it for a very long time and hopefully forever, actually. Like, the more I think about the X thing, the more that it's so dumb. I mean, I'm not saying anything that hasn't been said a lot over the last few days, but holy smokes, is it dumb to throw (laughs) away... What did I say? Hard to imagine a dumber thing, actually. I believe it. I believe those are your exact words. I, I meant to quote that, actually, because, yeah, hard to imagine a dumber thing, you said, and well done. Well, to, to take this, like, internationally, globally recognized brand with its adorable, beloved little verbiage, Twitter and the tweets and the little bird and everything, and to just throw that away for something clunky that doesn't work because you personally are obsessed with a dumb letter. Because you think it's <laughs> badass or cool or or it's like the edgiest letter or like what? Like boy, oh boy, it, it, does it ever lay bare his limited dumbness? <laughs> okay, and then it's just like it's just a really, really poor business decision. Now, I'm glad you mentioned WeChat, bud. Can you talk a little bit more about what WeChat is? The everything app in China, right? Yeah, absolutely. It started out as an instant messaging app, um, but it grew like so you can do text message, voice message, video messages. You It does mobile payments. You can book a doctor's appointment. You can share photos and videos. You can do video conferencing. It's a social media platform. You There's games on it. Like for the Chinese market, this is pretty much a main day-to-day app used for so many practical things. And Elon wants that. Mm-hmm. Which we already kind of have in Facebook. Like that's already what Facebook was trying to kind of do. Yeah, on its way. Everybody remember Farmville? That yeah. was funny. It's very comparable to Facebook, except the, the the Chinese market doesn't really use Facebook. They're I don't right. know uh, if it's just like WeChat's better, or if it was like a government thing, mm. and they were like, "Don't use this American app," or mm. or something. Combination of both, I would reckon. Um, but nobody nobody over there uses it. So yeah, it's like our Facebook. Right. So it's not really an everything app like what does it do that facebook doesn't do other than this what do you mean you can book a doctor's appointment well yeah like they're they're that it's just integrated with the system over there and 
Can you do? Is there a Facebook Pay? I think there might be Facebook Pay. So there's that. Yeah. Um, sharing Facebook. photo, video, video conferencing, social media, gaming. Sounds yeah, like it's Facebook. pretty comparable. No, kind of think about it. Yeah. yeah. Well, Facebook was, you know, it could have easily been. I mean, like with if it if Facebook had of grown its monopoly and uh, not become uh, hated. That was one thing. Facebook got hated. Sure. Oh, that's always a tricky thing when your business becomes uh, hated. <laughs> so so Facebook very easily could have been the everything app for North America and for other places around the world. Um, but it faltered. And so I guess Elon Musk sees the potential there. But, I, you know, he bought the wrong one, if that's what he right. wanted. Twitter was such a specific little cutie pie thing for microblogging. It owned that space so definitively. And then so to ruin it by trying to grow it into something that it's really not. I just find so stupid. I get it. Like, if you wanted Elon Musk to now take Twitter and then, like, uh, grow something else or or just grow the company as a social media company and introduce new products. Right. You know, in the way that Not Meta take just— take a bunch of things away. Yeah, exactly. You know, in the way that Meta just introduced Threads, which, which is a whole new product, you know, Twitter could have easily done that. Like, started a new thing. Sure, let's call it X— but then you, you, everyone who's on Twitter can easily jump onto it and all your followers are there and they become contacts or whatever it is. You know, like that would have been an idea, but to j- just change Twitter and try and like morph it into it is so bad. Well, here's the thing. You don't need to change the name. Like listen to WeChat. What do you think you do with that app? Do you think you we chat? Do you, oh my goodness! Exactly. Yeah. Do you think that you make doctor's appointments on that? Like they could we just, doctor. We yeah. could have just called it Twitter, and it oh. could have just grown into whatever, you know. And all this is is a name change, but it's just a dumb name change. It's For just now. it's just a marketing thing. Like I feel like Elon knows what he's doing in terms of marketing things. Like remember when he sold flamethrowers? Like he knows mm-hmm. what he's doing. He knows how to market himself. He knows how to market his business. He was like, whatever. Let's call it X. It's going to get so much buzz about it. And pe- probably because, bud, people are going to hate it. And that wasn't me. <laughs> get off my case. Oh. And that's probably what? all it is. Like, there is a no other logical reason for him to have done this other than marketing. Yeah, but that's yeah. the thing. I don't think there is a logical reason. I think he just wanted to rename his thing X because he's obsessed with the letter X. Here's the other thing. It doesn't localize very well. X is not the same in every language. And I mean, like, <laughs> you can say, like, Facebook and whatever, but those are, are brand names, right? Yeah, so you yeah, yeah. Facebook. But when you see something that in a language is already a thing. Yes. Great call. Like, X is it's just a bad choice. Great call. It's really a bad like choice. Like, in Spanish, I'm pretty sure an X is an S. Yes. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. The app for snakes. Yeah, but the thing is, like, the thing is, like, <laughs> you listen to journalists from you know speaking other languages, and they will drop into saying Facebook or Twitter, and then they'll go back to their own language. What are they going to do with this letter? That's an excellent point. Huh. Yeah, I don't know. Well, for now, mine's still on my home screen. Is just a little bird still, and uh, it's so quaint now, and I I just enjoy it. Uh, did you see? I think it was CNN. Or that's the tweet I saw anyways, um, eulogized Twitter. <laughs> sure. And uh, they they did it in such a beautiful way that also just absolutely roasted the decision and everything about it. Good for them. It was really great. I think it was CNN. I, it seemed like a lot more of a, 
Yeah, let me read you just a okay a little a bit of this because I thought it was really good. Twitter, the text-based social media platform that displayed an outside role on society by serving as digital town hall uh, square, was killed by its unhinged owner, Elon Musk, on Sunday. It was 17 years old. <laughs> CNN said this? I think Whoa. it was. Yeah. Um, a zombie Twitter, known only as X, reluctantly endures a warped and disfigured platform X marches on like a white walker, an ugly shell of its former self under the command of a loathsome leader. Whereas Twitter was once a fountain of authoritative information, X is a platform where trolls can pay a small fee to have their ugly content boosted ahead of reputable sources. Wow. X is a platform where identity verification no longer exists and impersonation is only a paid subscription away. That is incredible. That uh, that wow. That's reliable sources with Oliver Darcy um, of of CNN. That is amazing. Yeah, it, yeah. It's just like it. It really does show like how badly Elon Musk. I think just warped and disfigured and and made Twitter so gross by all the changes he's made in the last little while. And so maybe in some ways, changing its name to something completely different is quite fitting. You know. Um, but, however, I don't know, day to day, I still flip open my Twitter, and <laughs> and a lot of people are just ignoring the bullshit and just tweeting as usual. And yep, I, yep, like, I can see that. A small part of me hopes that that just continues on and that the X goes away and it, like, somehow turns back into Twitter. I had this, like, visceral, pouty, tantrum-y feeling yesterday. I was reading this, and I was, like, feeling frustrated with it, and I was just like... I want them to take that away from him. Like, take it away from him. He's ruining yeah. it for all yeah. of us. And somebody with $45 billion and just go take him away. Um, there was somebody who tweeted, uh, who tweeted uh, Twitter will be known as X, but I'll keep calling it Twitter. Google rebranded to Alphabet. Who the F says Alphabet? Yeah. And That's Elon not Musk. That's no, well, no. I mean, corp, corp, like yeah. you know, corporate. That's the parent. But anyways, company. Elon Musk replied, "Wanna bet?" Oh God, he's such a baby boy. Yeah, he's such a baby boy. Move on. Let's move on. Let's move uh, on. Coming soon. Some wild stuff in coming soon. We'd start with a new trailer for The Marvels, which again has uh, Beastie Boys Intergalactic in it. A little bit more explanation about what's happening and our antagonist. Still looks good. In theaters November 10th. Looks really good. seems like a long way away. Yeah. Boy, those, say, Paul? those movie people sure like the Beastie Boys. Hey, that's great. Uh, how many movies and trailers have had the Beastie Boys in it in the last five or ten years? They're right? like, this is edgy. <laughs> <laughs> All white rappers? <laughs> Perfect. Uh, I know a hip-hop. Uh, <laughs> yeah, for sure. I've heard of hip-hop on a rock station. Yeah. I know about that. Um, <laughs> boy, I thought this looked like a lot of fun. Brian? Yeah, it looked fun. I don't really have a whole heck of a lot of insight. Uh, interesting, they showed the Statue of Liberty at one point, and you're thinking, it kind of made me think back to Spider-Man No Way Home. Mm. Remember when they put the the shield on there, and then they had the big battle there, and it's like, oh, okay, it looks kind of normalish again. Right. So it was just like an overlay? 
They were just like yeah. celebrating Captain America, and then they took it down. It was what? like a special <laughs> overlay. Didn't they even <laughs> say that that's what they were doing in that movie? That they were going to put the shield on it to celebrate Captain America, but only for a little while or something? It was in the background. It was, um, I think, when Spider Man was cleaning his suit in like um, the laundry room. They, he had the radio on, and is like some caller saying, oh, "I think they should just leave the Statue of Liberty alone." Uh, that's funny. <laughs> There you go. Ah, yeah. see, I, I pay attention to those things. Uh, the <laughs> the Marvels movies that looks like a lot, a lot of fun. Um, it, this trailer kind of sold me on the gimmick of the movie, which I, I think maybe I'm on record as saying I didn't love before. That every time they punch, they'd switch places, and it's just I don't know. <laughs> I, I think it looks pretty fun. The movie itself just looks like so much fun that I'm kind of just along for the ride. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, this trailer did a good job of making me kind of pumped for a Marvel movie, which I haven't really been in a while. Uh, I like Captain Marvel quite a lot. Um, and these other ones look fun, too. Yeah, it looks great. I mean, we've been pumped for Marvel, Marvel movies. Have they all delivered in the recent you know months? Yeah. Probably not all of them, no. Yeah. <laughs> um, I like how in this trailer, Iman Vellani has like, some of the best moves. You know, they she do like, like, quick cut action, and yeah. she's got the one where like she's sliding on the floor, kicking somebody, throwing Fury the gun. The stuff. gun throw is great. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I love her. She's so good. She's such a nerd. She's, she's so writing good. a Marvel's comic, hey? Or she's co-writing? A oh, Marvel's come comic. on, that's okay. amazing. Yeah. That's and right. honestly, who better? She is such a legitimate fan. Oh, I love it. There's gonna be lots more Florkins in this as well. It looks like. Mm-hmm. I like the kitty cats. <laughs> Sorry, I was just thinking about when you you tried to figure out what they were called, and did you call them gherkins? Grundle. Grundle. I like Grundle. that. Grundle. <laughs> There's a lot of grundles in this. <laughs> yeah, Grundle. Thank I, you for remembering. I, was I looked up as um, something dirty, but oh. um, <laughs> yeah, that's right. But uh, yeah, tune into this podcast again next week for more hot takes. I like a kitty cat. <laughs> <laughs> We have two sets of trailers from San Diego Comic-Con. We have two trailers for The Walking Dead. First, we have The Walking Dead colon The Ones Who Live. This will be in 2024. And then we have The Walking Dead colon Daryl Dixon on September 10th. Both AMC series. Yeah, The Ones Who Live is the um, continuation of the Rick Grimes story. Yeah. And it's just centering on... Michonne and Rick kind of reuniting and, and stuff. Oh, that's what that is. Sorry, I didn't watch that particular trailer, but that's that's what that is? Yeah, it wasn't even really a trailer. It was just like teaser, te- definitely teaser footage. Right. Uh, like Michonne looking at the camera all ominous and walking slowly. Yeah, promo kind of shots. And, yeah, those are just promo shots. Right. Uh, the Daryl Dixon one was an, like a full-on trailer, that, but that's because it's, it's what, like a couple weeks away? Um, month and a bit, yeah, September 7th. No, wait, wait, wait. September month 10th. Oh yeah, yeah, a month a bit, yeah, a month a bit, yeah. Well, I, I, um, even on the trailer itself, it's like labeled. It's like uh, the Walking Dead, the ones who lived with Andrew Lincoln. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's right yeah. on there. And then two Star Trek trailers, um, Strange New Worlds. It was an episode promo for season two, episode nine, which is going to be called Subspace Rhapsody, and. It's a musical. You know, you don't have to be Buffy. You don't have to wait however many seasons to establish yourself because that's not how TV works anymore. Right. Everything is accelerated. So they're doing the musical in season two. That'll air August 3rd. 
And then can't a, wait for uh, that too. By the way, because as I was explaining last week, and, and and as you pointed out, bud, that you like, it's like Strange New Worlds is very happy to just lean right into those classic Star Trek premises. And, and so, yes, please, a- absolutely. So, guarantee yeah. what's going to happen here is like um, uh, the Enterprise is uh, in an uncharted region of space to investigate a, a anomaly, and they're going to fly through a, a, a orbit cloud or something like that, uh, and. And it's going to turn them all into having musical. They they showed it. They every it, the cloud oh, went right through the ship, and you just see everybody's reactions goes boom, and they're all like <gasps> boom, <gasps> boom, <gasps> and and then yes, yeah, suddenly it's a musical. Are you Incredible. serious? I didn't watch the trailer. I just guessed <laughs> yeah, 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 that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They fly happens. through a thing, and it permeates the ship, and every human on it or uh, creature <laughs> biped thing on it. And yeah, they all go musical. Oh, that's very cute and funny. So I was going to bring it up later, but I'll just bring it up now. What a time to be alive for a Star Trek fan because, (laughs) uh, yeah, Mary has been posting on our Facebook with me a lot here, and it's so funny. It's like all these things dropped. Um, The the episode with... um, the, uh, the 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 lower decks cast that crossover yep. episode dropped yep. like four days early. It was what? Yeah, it's out. It wow. was supposed to come out Thursday or like this Thursday, and it came out last weekend. The hype so, is real. Yes, and I so so that's the only thing that made me feel better. I was fighting with wasps all weekend. I got stung a bunch of times. Oh no! Laying on the couch with an ice pack, feeling sorry for myself, and the the strange new worlds lower decks crossover was happening on my TV. So. Perfect. That was really nice and fun, and uh, yeah, and so now this trailer, and it's just it's just so good to be Star Trek time. And oh, keep going to your next thing. That's the last thing is a Lower Decks season four trailer. Uh, September seventh is when that will happen, and um, yeah, just more more of, of what's ahead for the cartoon show. It's really great, and I don't know if it's just me or if I am reflecting a lot of Star Trek fans, but these are our our two favorite shows right now, Strange New Worlds and Lower Decks. We are just so happy to be in such a fun space with Star Trek, and it is lovely. I love it for y'all. And the episode, by the way, let me just say about that that crossover episode, great. It was great. Awesome. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. That's cool. Yeah, that's cool. Next up, a new trailer for One Piece, the Netflix series, August 31st, just a month away. Again, looks good, looks ambitious. Hope it's not too ambitious that they cancel it because there is a lot of story that they could tell with this. And another interesting uh, piece of news they dropped around the same time was that the Japanese voice actor for Luffy, um, who is a male in the show, but is voiced by uh, a female, will be dubbing her voice like Luffy's voice for the Japanese adaptation of the Netflix series so like the cartoon voice that everyone in Japan is used to will be dubbed over Inyaki Godoy's uh, portrayal of Luffy in the Japanese version of One Piece the Netflix series and then they announced that all of the primary uh, Japanese cast will be there. So if, you know, for Japanese fans of the anime, huge news. Mm. Probably doesn't mean anything to us. But uh-huh. Great reaction, Paul. Sure. <laughs> Honestly, that's all I could have asked for for you. That was good. That's yeah, good. That's, that's good. cute. And the show looks so much fun as well. Holy smokes, does it ever. Yeah. It, it looks beautiful. And, and yeah, just like it'll be a lot of fun to watch. Like really bright and colorful, but... 
It's about pirates. It looks very original, though. Like, I'm sold. Yeah. It looks great. Nice. Nice. Next up, new trailer for The Creator. Same song. Carlos uh, Smith's Dream On in theaters September 29th. A little, just a tiny little bit more insight, but not really much, which is fine and dandy. Please don't give me the whole plot of the movie beforehand. But again, um, baby girl Skynet and John David Washington. Oh, Still yeah. into it. Yeah, right. Oh, boy. I am... Um too, I have too much anxiety these days about AI to watch AI-related media. Like, I don't think I could sit down and watch Terminator 2 right now. Oh, it, wow. I think it would bum wow. me out. And then, especially after watching Oppenheimer last night. <laughs> well, <laughs> I was going to say, being in my late 70s, I also came through the late 70s when nuclear war was a huge right. threat. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's also in this movie. It's AI and nuclear war. So, um, yet I still want to see this movie. Yeah, do you? Yeah, great. <laughs> Strange Planet. If you're familiar with the the the, the weird talking aliens uh, on on Instagram and Twitter from this guy named Nathan W. Pyle, um, it's been adapted to an Apple TV Plus ten episode miniseries coming out very soon, uh, August 9th. and we finally have a trailer for it, which I believe was dropped at San Diego Comic-Con and uh, looks cute, looks fun. It's just, it's weird to hear the voices. The voices to me are a bit too normal and human, but I mean, what are you going to do? It's like Paul said, you can't have all the robots talking like this and you probably can't have the aliens talking. However, I had envisioned it in my head, uh, but still looks funny. How how did you envision the aliens, bud? Let's hear your impression. Let's hear your audition to be in Strange Planet on Apple TV Plus. And go ahead. Uh, (laughs) <laughs> take one I suppose my thought of the voices what they, they would be a bit more ethereal and asking for the star damage and just like that but they're more very like human beings I'm going to go over here and pretend to not listen to you talk that kind of thing oh. um, so yeah but again it's probably like you might not be able to take three hours of Charles Martinet um, speaking in a falsetto and maybe you also can't take three hours of ethereally speaking aliens mm. So, we'll see. You have to take at least about an hour and a half of it in that Blue Beetle movie. Oh, what? Oh, remember oh, we were that's talking right. about that? The, 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 alien, yeah. the, the Android voice. I am an Android voice. <laughs> this is the voice that I chose to go with. <laughs> DC couldn't afford more. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Butler Tron. Oh, that was so good. Yeah. It's like oh. Dylan's voice where he does with robots, AI, everything. It's a staple yes. of our morning show. <laughs> and then he always does the robot arms. Whenever he does the does voice, he? he has to do the arms, too. Hilarious. I'll admit, I was doing the arms. <laughs> I just wanted to feel love. <laughs> oh, so oh, good. God. That Blue Beetle trailer came on at some point in the movie last night, and I couldn't look at it. I was too mad. It's oh, like, no. <laughs> turn to my date. It's like, tell me about your day. <laughs> Is that the last Comic-Con thing? Uh, yes. Because I just wanted to talk about Comic-Con and why I said the thing about the Comic-Con that way in the intro. Oh, because we talked. Thing. Well, we talked last week about uh, cons aren't happening. Oh, cons, blah, 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 all the actors strike. And right. then totally fucking failed to mention that Comic-Con, the biggest of the cons, was that coming weekend. And so that's what happened is that instead of Hall H with like, Frickin', yeah, Daryl Dixon oh. and Andrew Lincoln and everyone showing up and it being this exciting thing. No, it no. wasn't. 
none of the actors or anything could go. And uh, so there was somebody, I don't remember who it was, but they, uh, you know, took over one of the halls and they made this big announcement like Comic-Con is back for the comics because of course right. that's how it right. started yes was, that they know, can do the, yeah the graphic novelists and the writers and the inkers and the illustrators and so they were the people that were there and that were heavily featured instead of it looked like a banner year for them all of this stuff yeah, yeah. and that's also i think why all of these trailers kind of got dropped dropped with no pomp and circumstance like usually it's, <laughs> it's like, all you can do holy shit look at all these trailers look at they blah 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 like daisy ridley's here and she's going to be in more star wars yes. and there was none of that yeah 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 um so yeah it's just really interesting after the right, the actor strike last week, we were talking about that, and then totally blanked that Comic Con <laughs> was that coming weekend. Yeah, yeah, me too. Hey, listen, I say it every year about the um, uh, Calgary Stampede and how I'd like to go get drunk and then get beat up by cowboys, but I also would like to start planning right now. Field trip to Comic Con. Field trip. Hey, what? San Diego Comic Con next year. Should we do it? Should we do it? Art. Neat idea. Art. Art. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, San Diego gets insane during Comic-Con. Like fun? The prices to like uh, stay Oh sure, anywhere. absolutely. Like it is crazy. Like we went to San Diego uh, like around Christmas last year, right? Yeah. And they have a Comic-Con museum. And yes. we were like, oh yeah, the Comic-Con, of course, we're in San Diego. We should go check out the Comic-Con museum. Uh, but it was like <laughs> the cost to get in was ridiculous. It was like forty-five U.S. dollars. What to go to the museum? To go to the museum, and there was like <laughs> there, I read the reviews on TripAdvisor, and it was like, no, there are no personnel files here. It's not worth coming. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I, I can only imagine. You know what is a good? I know Comic Con is like the be all end all one. Yeah. But for us, it's a little bit closer. There's. Emerald City Comic Con in Seattle. Oh. Yeah, that's right. Um, which could be, I mean, Seattle's also banana bunkers expensive, but a little bit closer. Yeah. yeah. Well, when you all stay at my dad's place in Palm Springs, how about that? And it's that only is nowhere near San Diego. It's two and a half hours. That's no. I'll drive that. I can drive. I like to drive. Perfect. <laughs> okay, we're all going. Okay. It's planned. Set. Okay, You're I'll, in this look, podcast. I'll look at flights tomorrow. <laughs> Wow. Brian, I'll need Uh, to rejig my vacation days again. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) One more thing in coming soon before we get back to the SAG-AFTRA and WGA strikes. The Exorcist colon believer. Paul's Paul's annotation with this. How fun. A movie I will never watch. I will never watch. Um, There were a couple of, interestingly, three-minute trailers that uh, we have put into the show notes. I believe the One Piece trailer was three minutes. And as well, this Exorcist colon Believer trailer, three minutes long. Now, I am a fan of horror things. I'm very curious mm. to know, Kirsten, if you will see this. I The trailer looked great. Leslie o- Odom Jr. is in it. Um mm. The lady from, like, the A lady from The Exorcist, the 1973, is in it. Yeah. Ellen I'm back. What's her name, Brian? Ellen Burstyn. Thank you. Thank you. Now, so that's the thing. It's funny because, like, this actually played before Oppenheimer in my screening. Oh, really? Yeah. But I had watched it about a couple of hours beforehand Mm -hmm. because Paul had put it in the Slack. And, um,. I almost kind of wish that I didn't watch it 
or I didn't know it existed because I really liked the tease in this. Just the uh, the little notes, like yeah. Um, oh yeah, the, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just theme. the beginning of the piano a couple times before they, they reveal it. it. Exactly. So they it teased so it like good. three times, and you you're thinking then and and you're like, what? Is, wait, what is what is this? And they did it again, uh, and of of course it's like building up to the girls acting all weird and possessed. Oh, man. Uh, and then. You know, it goes into the full theme, and then you see Ellen Burstyn from the original yeah, uh, Exorcist so movie. so good. It's uh. such a great, like, really well done trailer. Yeah. I was also shocked that it show- they showed this trailer in front of, even though it's like an R-rated movie like Oppenheimer, there were some people that were audibly shocked oh, to really? have, have seen it, had watched it, yeah. There's some like, intense stuff in this trailer. Very intense scenes. And then at the end of the trailer, yeah, you hear people kind of rumbling throughout the theater like, that was pretty yeah. messed up. <laughs> I can't believe I just saw that. <laughs> Say the people who are about to watch, you know, nuclear explosions and sex scenes. Okay, yeah. fair enough. How, wow, that's interesting. I guess there's still a bunch of people in the world who have not been desensitized to The Exorcist. And, and that, like, because yeah. it's very, so stylized exactly like The Exorcist. Like, oh, yeah. The original. Yeah. As far as I know, I've never seen that movie. I won't <laughs> watch it. Kirsten, um, have you seen The Exorcist? Will you see this one? I've seen The Exorcist. Yeah, of course I've seen The Exorcist. That's a silly question. Why Paul, that, why Pacino. That I won't. Um, yeah, wow. I'll probably see this one. I don't know why not. By the way... You weren't raised Catholic. It's different. Yeah. But, okay, so <laughs> here's the thing about The Exorcist is that... So my dad uh, was an RCMP officer, and he worked in, like, IDENT and... Uh, um, forensics. So my oh dad saw a lot of fucked up shit, like real life fucked up shit. Like he would go to crime scenes and take photographs sure. and do the blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Anyway, oh my God. so I got really into horror movies and I asked my dad, because hard to scare somebody that sees real life horror all the yeah, time, yeah, yeah. what yeah. is the scariest movie you've ever seen? And he said it was The Exorcist. Uh-huh. He said The Exorcist is the scariest movie I've ever seen. And I was like, I don't know, 11 or 12 years old. And I was like, okay. And I had like a sleepover and I was like, told all my friends this is the scariest movie that my dad has ever seen this is going to be fucked up yeah and it wasn't that scary because when you watch this movie because in the, of the 90s, build up yeah well but also when you watch this movie in the 90s it it doesn't hold up really no it doesn't hold up because it's like uh Brian wrong asian it's like bud was saying about <laughs> um, about um Nuclear war, like nuclear war, it was like really in the 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 zeitgeist of the time, and it was very fucking scary. Mm-hmm. Um, the the uh, satanic panic and things like this, they were really in the zeitgeist in the seventies. Um, Jaws and the water and blah blah blah. That was the eighties, but like me watching this in the nineties, I'm like, well, demons and. <laughs> Like this yeah, that's true. These things are clear and present at the time, but afterwards, they're not really a thing. They really what? Yeah. So are you serious? Not that scary to me because you had watched a bunch of '90s scary movies. Well, I just think at the time, like because it wasn't like in the yeah the zeitgeist, it wasn't scary to me to see somebody being possessed by a demon because that wasn't like the conversation. It wasn't the the satanic panic. It wasn't the nuclear bombs. It and it wasn't... didn't like capture your imagination beyond that. No. Wow. Um, wow. Okay. But I know it's like a, a a classic movie. Like the way that they've done it. That like the direction. Like there's lots of positives about the movie. I just don't find it that scary. I do not find it like a seminal piece of horror. Um, wow. But 
Well, I do, because I saw it when I was younger than you right. were, and I actually didn't Wait, finish the movie. You I were younger I... than 10 or 11, yeah. bud? Yeah. Why? What is wrong Who, with your what family? The Again, I was at a sleepover, and I don't know if they knew what was happening. <gasps> I, but I, I believe I was nine, and uh, yeah, I left... The room. I may have left the place. Oh, I don't yeah, know. I don't good. really remember. Scary. It's sort of a blocked memory for me. Oh yeah, my I God. was uh, I was pretty young when I saw some of those messed up horror movies. Like I actually remember being. I I, I must have been seven or eight, and I had one of those. Have you ever had one of those My Buddy dolls? Yes. So okay, My Buddy came out, and it was like a, a really big thing, and then. Uh, Child's Play came out. Oh and my it was god! All about that sort of my oh, no. buddy type doll mm-hmm. coming alive and stabbing people. Yeah. And uh, oh, I, yeah, I was Brian. with my cousins and they watched Child's Play, and I was just so happened to see a bunch of scenes and. <laughs> oh no! And then so from then on, uh, every time I went to bed, that my buddy doll had to sleep in the hallway. Right? <laughs> they like, go in the hallway. Yeah, I think it sleeps oh, in the fire. Gosh. Oh my god! Yeah, yikes! Yeah. So, what about Exorcist, Brian? Did you watch that? And what was your I did. I was a little older than seven. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I thought. I thought it was scary, but it's mostly because of like the the shocking scenes mm. in it. Um, I didn't really have a huge big like. I grew up Catholic as well, right? And I, and I didn't really have that huge of a grasp of like uh, possessions and stuff. Probably until not until Days of Our Lives when Marlena got possessed. <laughs> Dude, I love this so life. much. My mom watched that show. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. I've never seen that, but I, a meme keeps going around about it that's like, if Are you, you remember when Marlena got possessed in Days of Our Lives, you better start taking your daily aspirin for heart attacks or something like that. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> I was like, I don't and, know and her, and her lover, John Black, had to become a priest and, and, and exercise her. Because nobody oh else would God. do it. He had to become a priest. <laughs> So you're saying yeah. that a daytime soap opera <laughs> got on board with the Exorcist's hype and ma- did a possession? Well, this was well after the Exorcist because the yeah, Exorcist yeah. came out in the seventy three, right? Like, yeah, yeah. This was in the nineties, yeah. Wow. And they gave they Stefano. gave the actress they gave the actress uh, what's her like uh, the contact lenses so that she was only showing yeah. the pupils. Oh my god! She looked pretty messed up. Yeah, right. Oh my god. That's hilarious. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, I still haven't seen The Exorcist all the way through. Um, something about it just like deeply disturbs and bothers me. I can't watch it. So I, I don't know. I've seen scenes. I remember one time I was in high school. That was my first like real running with it, and it was on TV in like the middle of the day. And I just watched like not even the really bad scenes, but just like leading up scenes. Mm. And that was so terrifying to me, even that I had to turn it off. And then, of course, like that was the early days of the internet. I think I was like, you know, looked around at different clips and whatever and was just like, absolutely fucking not. And even that like kept me up at night. I can't, I can't do it. Like something about that movie that just absolutely terrifies me and I refuse, refuse, refuse. And same with this movie now, Exorcist Believer. Um, Will not. According to IMDb, it is now just called The Exorcist. <laughs> They've dropped Believer. What? Yeah. Really? So mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, weird. That's which, so weird because it's it is a direct sequel. It's a soft reboot essentially. Yeah, and it, well, it, and they're planning on making this a freaking trilogy because the next one is going to be The Exorcist: Colon Deceiver in 2025. No, I'm, I'm on IMDb right now. It's, it still says Exorcist: Colon Believer. Mine says The Exorcist, and then underneath it says Original Title: The Exorcist: Colon Believer. Weird. 
Very so, weird. We'll see when it comes out. <laughs> we'll wait and see um, what they've decided <laughs> to call this movie. Because if it's called The Exorcist, that's actually, I think, the third time that a movie has been called The Exorcist. Yeah, this, this thing's been sequelized yeah. and rebooted so And unfortunately, it, it was already The Exorcist, because then they could do what The Suicide Squad is and put The. It could be The, The Exorcist. <laughs> oh, right, right. <laughs> well, I think... I, you know, and there's a reason why this one is getting all the love now. Uh, obviously, it's like a Bloomhouse movie, which is, I think loans it some credence and yeah, you know, some credit. Mm-hmm. And then also having Helen Burstyn in this thing. I mean, like of all the movies to do a Star Wars Force Awakens <laughs> style soft reboot, The Exorcist really like that's hilarious. It. Uh, I really wonder if Linda Blair is going to show up as a cameo as well. She is. She is. Do you know that for sure? Yeah. Okay, yeah. uh, I know I, one uh, a big Exorcist fan that I follow on Twitter noticed in the trailer that there is a, a picture. There's a show a photo in this trailer of Reagan, the uh, the character Linda from Blair's the, character exactly. Yeah, uh, the picture is actually a publicity still of Linda Blair from a 1975 made-for-TV movie where she plays a teenage alcoholic that gets drunk and steals a horse. Wow, I love it. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, apparently Mark Hamill's in it too. You can look that up if you want to. Uh, wow. Yeah, and it's true. That's the Oh theme. yeah, Sarah T, Portrait of a Teenage Alcoholic. That's wild. <laughs> um, you got it. <laughs> Brian, who oh was god. Ellen Burstyn in the first Exorcist? What was her character? The mom. Oh. Chris. She was Regan's mom. I like yeah. how you the mom. The guy who's never seen in the movie. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no kidding, actually. <laughs> Very famously, she's the main character of the movie, Brian. I don't remember. I don't know. Who is the main character more? Is it the mom or the priest? I'd say the priest. Yeah, probably. It's the exorcist. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> Good call, Brian. The titular. <laughs> not the exorcist's mom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's what the third one will be called. <laughs> the exorcist, yeah. colon, mom. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, We've funny. spent an inordinate amount yeah, of time sorry. on this movie, which is hilarious and wild, but we should probably move on. <laughs> Two things that are geek news proper. Uh. Thanks for that, Paul. <laughs> this is interesting little headline that um, Paul, I think, passed along from Consequence. SAG-AFTRA has given the go-ahead to uh, one of 39 productions. Uh, this one's an A24, and Paul Rudd and Jenna Ortega are in it. And you might think, what the why, but the thing and the thing and the thing. It's an indie. I guess that's the reason. Uh, it'll be called Death of a Unicorn, uh, but but like A24 is not part of the AMPTP, uh, basically the studios, um, the alliance of motion picture and television producers. So they're allowed to continue. They'll be shooting in uh, Hungary. The take I saw from this was like, yeah, if the little indie studios mm. can pay actors and oh, do boy. contracts and residuals mm-hmm. correctly, mm-hmm. so can every other giant studio because – my understanding is that's why they're letting them go ahead is not only are they not mm. part of this thing, but because the actors, because they're not part of this thing, everyone involved is fairly compensated. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. That's wild. I, I saw the percentage of revenue that it would take to satisfy the demands. Just These are just the monetary demands, not the like going forward, um, like the AI related ones, obviously, because mm-hmm. that's just more about behaviors than it is about... Um, or for now, anyways, about revenues, but it would be like 
It's all. It's always like around or less than one percent of revenues. <laughs> yeah, I heard two percent. It's just like, come on, just give it up, you freaking fat cats. Like, are margins that tight on these things? Really? Really? Yeah. Come on, come on. Dwayne Johnson contributes an historic amount. Uh, the uh, the amount is actually not revealed, but apparently it's seven figures mm. to the SAG-AFTRA Foundation Relief Fund. Wow. Uh, Courtney B. Vance is the president of that and made this announcement. And that's incredible. Seven figures. Uh, like, just, I, wow. Can't even imagine how much that'll help. Now, I, I imagine this... he kind of needed to do that, though, too. He had a pretty bad PR year. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's fair. Yeah. You know what? That's fair. Yeah. Did he? What was his PR year? Dude. Other... What happened? The Rock? Oh, yeah. What happened? Yeah. What do you Remember do? Black Adam, this podcast? No, Black, Black Adam. Black yeah. Adam. Yeah, that was just kind of a, not a great movie, like, though. What? Then no, but then, like, he's he just, like, man. after that, and, and like, it, it got to the point that by the time he got to the his little cameo at the post-credit scene of Fast and the Furious, he's thinking, oh, it's like he and Vin Diesel have kind of evened out in terms of douchebaggery. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh <laughs> no, really? <laughs> Like there's a whole thing with DC and like Black Adam and how he tried to like he he wanted just the cameo with Superman and he sort of pushed out mm, uh, Shazam even yeah. though Shazam is really kind of like connected like directly connect more directly connected to that comic book character. Right. Um, and yeah, I, I think he was just he, he was just kind of doing his own like I'm Dwayne Johnson I'm the boss kind of thing right. and it didn't come off great. So. So this comes off great. It's good for him. Yeah, he's yeah, buying yeah, a lot of good He got will. the money. Yeah, no, he certainly does. You can take less than 1% of his tequila earnings and just throw it at that. <laughs> probably. Oh, well, that's, that's good then. Meanwhile, at Castle Grayskull, reads this great headline from avclub.com, <laughs> Netflix kills He-Man movie. Um, and I'm going to read one more line from the article because it is very well written. Thank you, Matt Shimkowitz. Uh, He-Man is dead at Netflix, and on this, the week of Mattel's daughter's coronation. That, of course, means <laughs> Barbie. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> well, yeah, it's interesting the way that, you know, wow, uh, we'll get to it in the review, but Barbie did something very cool and interesting with Barbie, yeah. and uh, He-Man, they... they, they strategy there just seems to be like no i think we can we can build a really good narrative around shirtless muscle man punches a skeleton i think we we can do this no no let's not say anything interesting there's nothing interesting to say let's just have them fight make the sword a little (laughs) bit bigger let's make the sword bigger like that's all you got (laughs) right yeah yeah next up aquaman and the lost kingdom reportedly it there's just been this there's been a string of trouble. There with third round of reshoots, apparently. And it's just not testing well. And we don't know how this movie <laughs> yeah, is going this to is do. not good. <laughs> DC has been having a time. And he doesn't have a sword they can just make bigger. <laughs> <laughs> can we get him a we sword? got a spear. Is there, yeah, is there any comic where he holds a sword? <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'd be doing. And then I'd be cashing my $35 million salary check. Um oh yeah, uh, it's so funny because Aquaman is like kind of, you know, we're, we all, I think, kind of remember it as like, oh, yeah, that was the DC one that kind of did okay. 
Yeah, Aquaman was kind of the the dark horse there that was not so bad and everything. It's like, come on, it was the first more, one, maybe. Yeah, yeah, this is more DC junk. Yeah. And <laughs> you know, if they do eventually end up releasing this thing, it's gonna bomb, right? Like, it's gonna make the Flash bomb look like a firecracker, right? <laughs> hmm? yeah. Those are great analogies. Well, and then is Amber Heard in this, or have they reshot her? Maybe that's the reshoots. Maybe yeah. that's what's not testing well. Yeah, good question. I don't have official on that. Oh, really? So you think I Amber Heard like promo photo? I thought. Oh, of her. Yeah, yeah, for three or two. Could be, it could be wrong though. No, I seem to remember that as well. Yeah. So you think that Amber Heard is more scathed after that trial than Johnny Depp? Yes. I mean, that's just yeah. what the the Twitter tells me. But I don't know. Twitter can be so mean. Uh, what do you mean the Jeez. three or two, bud? This is a Shazam scenario for you, I think. No, I was wondering if, if Brian had seen a promo photo of Amber Heard from Aquaman 2 or the upcoming Aquaman 3. That's what I'm saying. There is no this is what, Aquaman this is, no, 2. This is Aquaman, <laughs> this is Aquaman 2. 2. Oh, that's right. Oh, this is the scenario. This, <laughs> this is, is the, the thing. Shazam Sorry. Three me, rounds but... of reshoots is where I got confused. Thank you. That's right. But it's Aquaman 2. Um... Yeah, I, I wonder, is Amber Heard even credited in this? Because she's a big character. Oh, yeah, she's still there. I mean, for now. Well, I mean, her she herself said her role was pared down in 2022, she said this, for, for Aquaman 2. <laughs> the only two. The only second one. Her dog steps on a bee, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. oh, man. You have more sympathy for her now after your wasp weekend. Yes, I do. Oh my god, no kidding. Yeah. One more piece of DC news: Crisis on Infinite Earths and Watchmen will become animated movies uh, at DC, which is an interesting way to take these. I don't like it. What's going on, Kirsten? I don't want it to animate it. Uh I don't need this. (laughs) Why? Is what? it a TV show? No, it's gonna be movies. It says movies, yeah. Why? Well, <laughs> for children? No, for you know. Oh, certainly not. I would not certainly not for Watchmen anyway. Yeah, certainly not. <laughs> Unless they really tone it down. Uh, that's not blood on the happy face pin. It's uh, raspberry jam. Um, <laughs> now, well, th- th- here's the great thing, Kirsten, about these animated movies: that if you don't care about them, they simply don't exist. Like they, this should not bother you whatsoever. Like more than any other movie that you can just ignore. Boy, oh boy, can you ever ignore animated movies? Because there's no way they're coming to the theaters, right, Bud? Um, Spider-Man, all the Spider-Man ones that just happened. No. Definitely an exception to the rule, I would think. Yeah, these animated uh, DC movies, you know, like the Killing Joke. Remember, it was a big deal when like oh, Kevin man. Conroy and Mark Hamill were going to get back together, and and they're going to do this animated version of the Killing Joke, one of the oh. most famous comic books of all time, seminal Thank you for and inspirational. Frank yeah, absolutely. Guess what? I've never seen it. <laughs> I saw a clip on YouTube, and I was like, "Good enough. I get, I get it. I get what you did there." Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like, these things just don't bother us. They, even us, they just don't get in front of our faces. But why is DC doing this then? <sighs> Somebody's got. I guess to keep them relevant. Yeah. I mean, Crisis would be an interesting story. Yeah, you think so? Uh, I mean, it's big enough from the comic run. 
Um, but I'm almost surprised that they're not trying to fold it into movie things. But I think they're realizing maybe that they just can't pull it off. Yeah. That's just my call. Yeah. It strikes me that there's this, you know, they still feel like there's an insatiable desire and thirst for comic book properties. Mm-hmm. And one of their biggest one, Crisis on Infinite Earths, is like, until you got your ducks really in a row, you know, like Marvel for their Infinity Saga had a lot of ducks lined perfectly right up. 20 movies worth. Okay. DC is so impatient, you know, yeah. and and yeah. you got to have multiple, multiple movies in a row like Marvel did that just work as their own thing to build up, to build up, to build up, to get to crisis or something like that. And DC doesn't have it. You know, they're not going to wait around with this property for James Gunn to maybe, maybe get around to it. Maybe. So the easiest thing is just to crap out an animated version of it. <laughs> you know, you, you, you voice, you cast voice actors that do a good enough job and you're moving on. The Watchmen one is really interesting, though, bud, don't you think? Because you already nailed it with the movie. That Zack Snyder movie, you can't, I don't think you really can improve on that. Mm-mm. You know, no. to go from live action, which did so well to remake it as animated, I don't really see, and the like, TV what's the show. point? And the TV show. The TV show. And the TV show. Expanded That's a great it. great point. Yeah. Like, the TV show did something really interesting with it. That's the thing. Back. Like, the TV show was completely a zag. Yeah. But it totally worked within the universe because they really honored the reality that was created by the comics. And the, the 09 movie worked because it was so stylized, yeah. so comic-like in its presentation, maybe a bit too much slow-mo, uh, that I, they both work in their own ways. Yeah, remember when Zack Snyder's style was like a good thing that yeah. people would describe <laughs> after? Yes. Ugh. Yeah, I do. Interesting. Wow, I can't. I, I was reminded that uh, Watchmen came out in 2009, and, of course, the Star Trek reboot, the J.J. Abrams Star Trek came, reboot, also came out in 2009. Probably. Oh, pre- wow. Pretty good year to be old, nerdy Paul Placino enjoying time at the movie theater. I remember um, Watchmen came out in, yes, 2009, and I was living in New Zealand, and it was rated, I don't know, 14 or something like that, Uh or in New Zealand, it might have been 15, and I went to go see it, and they fucking ID'd me, and I was like, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me right now? I'm 23 years old, or however old I was, (laughs) and I was like, this is ridiculous. That's so cute. Yeah. Yeah. Some people take that as a compliment. Not when they think you're 15. That's not a compliment at that point. That's like, wow. There's a big deal being made about the new sonic screwdriver for uh, the 10th slash 14th doctor's uh, armament. And it has extra arms with extra lights. So it's lightier and brightier. I'm still not sure why David Tennant is back, but... uh, Mary, I put this on the cue sheet just for you. Yay. Mary Harrison, are you listening? Yeah, because I know a sonic (laughs) screwdriver. I know the drink that's called a sonic screwdriver. Oh, what is it? It's just like vodka and Sprite and, I don't know, probably like... Well, screwdrivers got orange juice. Screwdrivers are orange juice and vodka. uh, Yeah. Triple sec, which is the orange flavor. Uh, Um, But, I mean, it's based on the nerd thing, but... No, but, like, that's just a screwdriver. Yeah, but then so a sonic one must be like they put blue caraco blue. in or something. Yes, I just said that. You did. You said. Uh, well, you interrupted me with the orange juice, and no. I was getting to it. You said something about orange. You never said the word blue. 
Yeah, I did. I said, and it's blue. Okay, press the little 15 seconds back button and listen if she well, said if blue. You had interrupted orange juice. Well, anyway, if, triple if you sec. had said the word blue. You know what blue curacao is? What? It's fucking triple sec. It's the same thing, <laughs> except it's blue. Is it pronounced curacao? Yes. I thought it was Caraco. No. Triple sec? I thought it was <laughs> red. Anyway, um, that's fun. So <laughs> it, the the new thing is pointier and has more things. So it's like the Star Wars lightsaber with now, more things. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah, right. <laughs> Great podcast insight from us. <laughs> the new thing is pointier thing and stuff. And I don't know. I'm sorry. Like the other thing with the more things. Hope you're liking this Doctor Doctor Who Who. talk, Mary. Yeah, but you've watched a Doctor Who. Mary said she'd come on at any time, and you were like, I have seen Doctor Who. So what does this thing do? Like anything you want, right? It's a a multi-tool, basically. I love that about it, too. It's like a Swiss Swiss Army knife. Yeah, but like it's kind of a a little plot device where it's like if anything is anything, it's like, oh, no, this thing is locked or... uh, this thing is broken, or this thing is anything, right? They just, mm-hmm. I know. Isn't this right, bud? He takes out his little screwdriver and it goes boop, 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 and it just fixes whatever he needs. Generally seems to be, yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Cool. Roll the White Lotus music. Kirsten dropped this. I was like, uh oh, we're going to have to talk about migration again. I didn't know this. That silly duck trailer that wasn't the Duck Hunt movie that Zoner Ewan brought up last week called Migration was written by Mike White. Mm. Uh, Behind the White Lotus, who also wrote the Emoji Movie. Oh no! But also wrote School of Rock. Okay. Yeah, it's kind of a wild trip for him. And I mean, I guess that sure that makes sense. If we don't, if we don't know, we don't know. But um, interesting tie-in that he's still doing. The, you know, it's just like the White Lotus migration, the Emoji Movie. Um, Was that the headline from this Geek News proper story? Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, Mike, the... Mike White does other things. <laughs> My, Migration is an animated duck road trip movie written by the White Lotus creator. That is the Mashable title. Oh, okay. And, and then, I guess it's just for... The oh, no, the title in the Kyushu is my rewrite, yeah. Oh, okay. Um, but I guess it's just to bring our attention to the fact Because we made his... fun of it a lot last week about how it yeah, wasn't a did. duck hunt movie. And then we didn't know nope. that it was our favorite revered... Mike White, and now we just need to backtrack a bit and be like, well, maybe it could be okay. But good writers and directors can do crappy projects. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. Yeah, that's such an elitist thing. Is oh, I don't, I could not believe that Mike White could do this. <laughs> yeah, how could he be also bad? Yeah, <laughs> but like that bad because the Emoji Movie notoriously not, very bad. Not good. Sometimes right? you need a paycheck. Yeah, sometimes you need a paycheck. <laughs> Oof. That's fair. And that's fair. I think it's. Well, what the real story is here that let's just say this about Mike White. It's a different skill set, I think, to write for kids. Sure. Right? That's fair. Yeah, That's you fair. Can. <laughs> it, I, I, th- I really think that it is. I think it, um, I just uh, listened to a whole uh, a kind of a documentary podcast about uh, how Canada was really ahead of its time in children's programming. So, like, a lot of the shows that we grew up with, like, uh, did you watch, po- oh, no, did you guys watch Polka Dot Door? Or was that? Yeah. You did, the right? Polka mm-hmm. Dot Door. The Polka Dot Okay, that was an Ontario thing originally, so I never I never know. If was it, that like, a Canadian show? Yeah. Oh, fun. Yeah. Um, Today's Special, did you ever watch that? Yeah, that freaked me out. Okay, that freaked me out more than The Exorcist. Yeah, they are Every quite, time I went whoa. to a department store, I was like, this fucking shit comes alive at night. <laughs> <laughs> um, Hilarious. Yeah, uh, under the Umbrella Tree. Uh, 
and great. there was quite a few uh, Canadian shows that were really, really ahead of its time, uh, ahead of their time. And the difference was, they say that you know, it just it had a different tone and different type of writing. Yeah, Mr. Dressup. Mr. Dressup, yeah. yeah, where like the the people on the show or the puppets or whatever would kind of talk to children rather than talking down to children. So, and I feel like that's I don't know. I don't watch a lot of this like migration and emoji movie and minions and crap like that, but. It seems like that's what it kind of does. It kind of like takes the maturity or the like intelligence level of children and like dumbs it way, way down. Mm. So who knows? Who knows? I'm just saying like to do kid stuff really well is a very specific skill set. Mike White just does it in kind of a silly, critically panned way. But somebody gave him a chance and now he gets to write write the White Lotus Mm -hmm. and he crushes at that. Yeah, It's just, it's kind of neat. It's kind of like the other way around. It's not like, uh, oh, he was good at the White Lotus. Can you believe how bad he is at this thing? It's more like, eh, he just did the job, and, it, you know, we don't like it, but he also can do a really good thing if you give him a shot. That's kind of the way to go on like that Like School one. of Rock. School of Rock was a great movie, so. Yeah. yeah School of Rock was amazing. Mm-hmm. I think it's just hard because White Lotus is so singular. Like, it's so unique, and it's so good in, in everything that it does. Uh that it's hard to believe that the person who who did that could do anything else because it's unlike anything else. Yeah. And it's certainly not very much like a duck movie. You don't think, like, one of the ducks at one point is going to be like, these gray geese are trying to kill me or something. <laughs> <laughs> I think Brian should say that line. Is that a Jennifer better. Coolidge? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Brian's, I'm sure, would be much better. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, oh. Becca. Hi, Becca. Critically panned. Don't Becca's <laughs> <laughs> like no. D- don't um, mute Brian. I like to hear the doggy chime in on this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she didn't. She didn't like your Jennifer Coolidge yeah, impression. No. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Becca. Father of the Terminator, James Cameron says, "I warned you guys in 1984," um, and he's speaking out about the dangers of weaponizing AI. Yeah. Um, which is quite quite wild, you know. He 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 wrote it as a fiction, but you know, based on the way I'm sure he saw things were going, it's interesting. He sort of put he sort of put AI into two categories. You're either, um, you know, AI is either trained uh, to profit, so you're teaching it greed, or it's trained for war or defense, so you're teaching it paranoia. Mm. And he says, I think the weaponization of AI is the biggest danger. If we get into the equivalent of a nuclear arms race with AI, mm. and if we don't build it, the other guys are for sure going to build it. And so then it'll escalate. That is and, like the uh, scariest thing um, I've heard about AI. Like all of these other people coming out, like all of the like Zuckerbergs and whatever being like, we need to stop. We need to slow down. I'm like, all right, nerds. But now that James Cameron is coming out, I'm like, ooh, I think James yeah, Cameron's... It's serious. This is serious. Like, yeah. he's right. Yeah. He's right. Listen, there could be an arms race for AI. There's a couple of things we ought to listen to James Cameron about, and it's... Uh, <laughs> getting on submarines. Getting on little baby submarines. <laughs> <laughs> God. You don't see him on a crumply one. Oh, God, no, dude. Oh, my God. Don't do that. And... And uh, going, uh, talking about AI. Yeah. Uh, did you read as well, I, I um, maybe I should have put this in the cue sheet about how uh, in the States anyways, they are putting all these like guardrails around AI. They like, they reached a deal, the government 
reached a deal with all these massive companies that are developing AIs, and um, and they're they're putting certain safety protocols in place. Like they all yeah. agreed to do that. Yeah, like all of the major companies, including OpenAI, have agreed to slow things down a little bit because, yeah, it's well. I mean, as James Cameron says, if you get war, you know, being fought by computers at a speed the humans can no longer intercede. You have no ability to de-escalate. So yeah, yeah you got to sort of get ahead of this thing. One thing that I read too that's interesting is that you know it's tough because. All the American companies and the states has an interest in supporting them because they're kind of in this race against Chinese companies to develop the best AI. And so you, you kind of like you're as you know, similar to Oppenheimer, like we watched last night. You're 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 racing to develop this thing first. And I think there's all kinds of weird implications and, uh, you know, unforeseen developments that could possibly happen. You know what I mean? It's like it's a whole brand new thing. And it's it's never good to just be doing it just to get there first. And it seems like that's exactly what is going on in the AI world as well right now. So I think it's really good that the states put these guardrails in place. That that. Help me sleep sleep a little bit better that night. <laughs> I don't trust the government, so it doesn't help me sleep any better. Penultimately, in Geek News proper, Lady Gaga wanted to be addressed as Lee, as in Harley Quinn on the Joker two oh. set. There was an interview with um, Lee. No, no, what am I saying here? Um, what's his name here? Hang on a second. Larry Sher, the uh, the cinematographer, who was interviewed on a podcast, and yeah, just talking about. Um, not being able to make a connection with Lady Gaga, you know, who of course has a bunch of names and ways that she could go by. Right. But then uh, an AD said at one point, uh, she would like if you to call her Lee on set. Mm. And the moment he started doing that, everything changed. So it's it's like everything else, like call people what they want to be called. Hmm, interesting. Finally, in Gate News Proper, there's a $1,700 transforming Grimlock. This is, the, of course, the uh, the T-Rex Dinobot from the Transformers uh, shortly after they made the transforming Optimus Prime. Uh, but dang, this one looks really, really cool, and it's just fun to watch it transform. And there's a little animated GIF in the show notes that we've linked to, and me, Grimlock. And weirdly, his, his eye plate changes color. Uh, his eye plate shouldn't change color. It should just be the one color. But um, anyways, I it's really neat um i don't need this nobody needs this it's a lot of money but uh did you say pretty how damn much? cool what'd you say do you guys say how much money it was yeah 1700 united states dollars uh some people are just in different tax brackets hey <laughs> wow very true very true uh yeah so this is a new they've just like come out with this they've said here's yeah. one uh, that's really new and nice that we just made new and nice that's exactly how they put it yep wow Okay, um, I'd like to play with it, like for ten minutes, and then and then you'd be good with it, right? You'd be done. I'd probably be done, or like transform it once, figure it out to trans. So that take probably take like an hour. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, no, these kinds of things, it doesn't take any time. You probably just press the button or you give it its voice command, and it does the thing. Oh, it does it for you. Oh yeah, yeah. That's the whole point. That's what this seven hundred United States dollar um, transforming Optimus Prime was. You'd give it the voice command and it would do the thing. Well, uh. You couldn't say transform. I believe the word was convert because yeah. oh, that's that's. I so, saw an influencer that, 
got gifted that bud and the thing that was annoying about it and it wasn't like a tech influencer a nerd influencer or anything like that it was somebody who was on the bachelor and i was looking at their instagram (laughs) stories and they had been gifted the fucking optimus prime thing and i was like this is ridiculous this is why influencers are dumb like what is that and then he used the words the whatever convert and it did it and i was like cool but that cost how much was that one? Also similarly like No, that was that was a thousand dollars less. It was like okay. seven hundred units. Oh whoa. But if it's had... easier to make a robot into a truck than a dinosaur into a truck, I guess. Oh, of course. <laughs> dinosaur to a robot. Truck. If I had bags of money though, that convert thing ticked me off enough. I would not buy it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's super sucks. Or get one free for being yeah, a nerd. Yeah, I don't think it's the influencers who are dumb. I think it's the people who decide what influencers get what thing. I remember uh, years ago, there's this video game called Dragon Age, um, very popular video game. <laughs> they paid a bunch of celebrities, I guess, to like pretend to play with it or advertise oh, it no. or whatever. And for some fucking reason, they paid Jamie Foxx, which doesn't make any sense <laughs> like they're like yeah. no is he nerd. a gamer does he know anything about dragon age or anything like it yeah uh, and I, I oh my god i won't be able to find it but i took a screenshot of the ad that showed up because it was so ridiculous it was like i can't wait to ride one of these dragons and then it was like <laughs> hashtag dragon age hashtag ad uh-huh. right yes and it was just like no clue what he's talking what? about what like, you can't ride dragons and dragons. It's not what this is. It's not a thing you can do. And I was like, oh, somebody paid Jamie Foxx to post this. And this yeah. is ridiculous. Like, who? And then um, I remember Kevin Smith also got, like, ad money from it. And that made a little bit more sense, sure, at least. yes, yes. Totally. But, like, I was like, Jamie Foxx, like, was he even in a nerd movie? Jamie Fox- I don't think Jamie Foxx has ever done anything nerdy. Well, I mean, he's in that Spider-Man, but. Anyway. Too, too nerdy. Yeah, so it's just weird. So here again, studios, is somewhere you can cut money to pay your writers and your actors, and that is your ad budget, giving money to influencers and Jamie Foxx to say shit about your games and your movies and stuff. Like, come on. Oh, bother. We have one piece of listener mailbag, and it was a great piece of listener mailbag from Zoner Mary, uh, Rhea, Olivia Coleman, and Skrulls, and Strange New Worlds, and Spock. Paul, please read the line about Olivia Coleman. Read it, read it, read it. Sure. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, I'm really digging this show. Uh, I'm sure she's talking about... Um, Secret Invasion. Secret Invasion. Olivia Coleman is a goddamn treasure. I adored her. Her field of fucks is barren, and I relate to that 1,000%. <laughs> 100%. <laughs> what a line! What a line! Better marry. Yeah, that's very funny. Also oh. agree, having not seen the last episode of Secret Invasion yet, um, holy shit, is she fucking great. This The penultimate episode, I was just like, more Olivia oh. Coleman, please. I'll, yes. I'll put her in all what of the things. Creep. Just yeah. So great. Agreed. Uh, yeah, really good. Um, she also uh, did correct me. I couldn't remember the guy who plays Spock on Strange New Worlds. Ethan something, I said. It was Ethan, Ethan Peck, Gregory Peck's grandson. Whoa, cool. <laughs> yeah, I feel dumb for not knowing it. And, you know, now that I watch him on the show now knowing that, it's like, oh, wow, I absolutely see the familiar resemblance there. Amazing. How hmm. dumb. Yeah. He puts out, like, Atticus Finch vibes. Yeah. 
much more than he puts out Leonard Nimoy vibes, unfortunately. But, <laughs> you know, he's trying his best. <laughs> that brings us to reviews and recommendations, starting with Brian's 91-second movie reviews of Barbenheimer. Yes. Oh, I'm so excited. What, well, do you want what to... order should we play yeah. these in? You put them Barbie first and then Oppenheimer, Brian. Is that how you want to do it? Uh, let's do... Oppenheimer Good choice. first. Good choice. Okay, great. And then we're are we going to talk about these in this order too? Sure. Okay. Sure. Yeah. All right. And now, a zone at 9131 second movie review. 5433 like that his character is not in any way glorified or shown as a hero. He's portrayed in a more relatable sense as a human being with almost an equal amount of charisma and brilliance to flaws. In several of Murphy's films, the actor possesses the ability to express a range of emotions through a single look, and that talent served him quite well in this film as you really sense the moral dilemma he faces through his eyes. Robert Downey Jr. is also quite the standout in this film, along with Emily Blunt, Alden Ehrenreich, Florence Pugh, Matt Damon. Okay, I'm doing the whole name listing thing that I said I wouldn't do, so I'll stop. Oppenheimer is long, clocking in at almost exactly three hours, and you do feel the time with pretty much each hour dedicated to an act of the film. And while I didn't get a chance to see this on an IMAX screen, I did very much appreciate the visuals used, especially the artistic choices made to illustrate the chaotic and sometimes disorienting nature of the atomic blast and this is definitely one of the better sounding christopher nolan films and not just because in this one you could actually hear the dialogue this time but the sound mix really helped with attention and emotional buildup in certain scenes while it's definitely not a film for everyone especially casual moviegoers it'd be tough to deny oppenheimer as yet another achievement notch on the belt of christopher nolan cut that's a wrap you can find all of Brian's 91-second movie reviews at thezone.fm slash movies. Should we talk about it, not spoiler, and then do Barbie, not spoiler, and then you guys can talk spoilers after? And you can frig off? Yeah. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, she hasn't seen either of them. One of, the, one of the things in your little thing there, Brian, that, there's just so many fucking people in this movie. Yeah. I didn't know that Aldrin Aronite was in it, and I love him, and I think he's great. <laughs> Hansel. My turn. Oh, okay, right, cool. Yeah, he's, he's a really good actor. Um, so that's fun. Um, and I loved him in this. Okay, tell me about, because this is all Pervy Chris needs to know, tell me about this fucking sex scene. Oh, God. It wasn't that big of a deal uh, wasn't all. that big of a deal, Boo! yeah. I mean, it was great. Yeah. I was thinking about it last night, actually, on the ride Does home. Does Florence Pooh's boobs come out? Oh, yeah. Yeah, are they hers, yeah. though, oh, yeah. or are they stuntable boobs? Well, no, I don't think hers. I'd be I able to. Th- hers? Yeah, okay. I don't, I don't think I'd be yeah, able to tell. <laughs> Oh, you just don't you fair. don't see a like like a floating head on a naked body or okay. anything like that. Yeah. So. so why why would they make it such a big deal about it then? Is this the first time I, that Florence the first Pugh's time been Christopher naked? Nolan's ever done that? It's the first time, yeah, that Christopher Nolan's put in a sex scene. Yeah. Um mm-hmm. What were we gonna say, Brian? That's exactly what I was gonna say. Is like I don't think Christopher Nolan's ever really dabbled in that that stuff. Right. Um what I was gonna say about that particular or these two particular sex scenes is that this is absolutely how you do a sex scene in service of a movie. This hmm. could be shown in a in a class. It's okay. like it's they are they really inform 
the story in the way that they are meant to. Okay, interesting. Oh. Like, really, really, really. Yeah, they they're are not just, like, in there for, oh, God, we got to sex up this atomic bomb movie. Not at all. Oh, okay, no. cool. No, Good they, like, Nolan. they absolutely, you know, serve a, a huge purpose in service of the of the whole entire movie and the plot. And they, yeah, they, they kind of, like, in a way, you could have done more because at, at some point they, like, I don't know. There's a couple of lines in this movie about how he's a bit of a womanizer. And I guess, you know, uh, he was considered that. And there was rumors about him having an affair. And he he did have an affair. And he did he break up a marriage in this. Like So, yeah, there was, you know, some sexy things going on, I guess, in his life. And that's it. You got kind of just two sex scenes. And they served to inform that entire part of his life. Huh. And it, I think it was tasteful as well as like really really well done do you think this is why it was rated r or was did you come out of that movie going yeah that should be rated r i think that helped with the r rating yeah uh, okay yeah yeah some like a couple of realistic kind of nudity scenes and i noticed what is it, like two or three fucks in it and you're only allowed one something like that yeah yeah <laughs> including the two fucks that's no two additional. <laughs> two additional fucks. Um, okay, and yeah. then you told me yesterday, and this kind of blew my mind. And I was like, "Oh, Nolan, mm. you said it was um, not time travel, but time. What's it's told synchronously or non linearly? Non linear. Is that mm. that's true? It's not. It's a, not a linear movie. Yeah, kind of bouncing uh, around. I just I don't like how that's Nolan's thing now is this non-linear storytelling. Because I, I know that everyone really liked it with... Um, Memento? W- with Dunkirk. What? <laughs> Dunkirk? Oh, no, wait. Um, I mean, Memento was... That was the whole shtick. Yeah, that was um, the whole thing, yeah. It would be weird. I don't think Memento would, would exist still in our minds if it hadn't been told like that. But with Dunkirk, like, I didn't... It, was, it made me... It was difficult to follow the story. I don't know. I didn't like it. So, yeah, tell me now i think in this sense though <laughs> it really does like there are times where you kind of get you have to remind yourself oh yeah okay no this happened before mm-hmm. this part mm-hmm. but it does help in terms of peeling back the onions of certain characters like say robert yeah. downey jr's character okay. yeah i think it really helped kind of inform uh the type of person you're seeing on screen big mm-hmm. time uh, the the way that they showed the you know certain interactions with with him and and how they showed it on the timeline. Yeah, okay. yeah, I agree. I was similarly. I was worried about it, uh, hearing that going in. But no, I think this one absolutely works. I kind of agree. Dunkirk. I don't really love the way. Yeah, or it's, it's it felt like, like a like a shtick, right? Well, I yeah, felt like as, much. as I was watching Dunkirk, I was like, I'm not. This is supposed to be so brilliant, mm-hmm. and I'm not being blown away by the way that these timelines are lining up. Yeah. Like, it's not working for me in the, like, hit-you-over-the-face way that it's supposed to, I suppose. Yeah. And so in that way, I was, like, underwhelmed with it, and i just rather the movie would just been told normally. Yeah, and then it was so mm. weird because the exact same year, 1914 or 1918 came out. Yeah. And that was told extremely linearly yes. and looking like a one-shot, and, and it, it came out so much better. Worked so much better. Um, Pretty sure it came out a year before. 1917. 1917, thank you. It's sometime in the wartime. Um, but I just, yeah, Nolan, I like time travel, and that just seems to be his thing. Mm-hmm. If we think back to, like, almost every Christopher Nolan movie, time travel yeah. is involved somehow or some sure. time warp or whatever. Yeah. But, yeah, it didn't work in Dunkirk, and so I was... 
kind of bummed to hear it was here, but I'm glad that it seems it made sense. It's it's done yeah, because it's less here. sticky. You, you're still a lot more immersed in the uh, the story. Yeah. And do you guys think it's like it's super 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 in service of this story, okay. and it makes it, it turns this like uh, what really is amounts to like a very just like a political drama that's mm-hmm. mostly uh, born out in like these boardrooms and these like yeah. hearings and whatnot, you know, it, wow. Does it ever ramp up this like massive tension and this like rivalry mm. between these two guys? Yeah. And I don't know if this is too spoilery, but like, um, Lewis Strauss, who Robert Downey Jr. Plays and Brian's right. Like a huge standout performance from him. Like mm-hmm. uh, unbelievably Oscar well worthy? done. Like we yeah. some Oscar performances in here. Yeah. Yeah, I wow. think so. Okay. Absolutely. Like he's the villain of this. Mm-hmm. Like, and he, and, and and it's and in the way that it's told non-linearly, it, it like really ramps up what a villain he is and how mm-hmm. much there was this like animosity between the two and how hard he tried to sewer Oppenheimer's career and life um, over these various incidents. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really ramped up the drama. What could have been a very dry, you know, yeah. kind of like historical retelling of one guy's life. Um, because it was told in this way so beautifully and because of the rivalry between these guys, like, it was a very interesting drama, like a human drama. Do you guys think Nolan's best film? Because that's mm. what lots of people are saying. I mean, it could be, but it's not my favorite. Okay, fair. Mm. Yeah, I'm a Batman guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> fair, fair. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know. why. why what's your favorite, Brian? Um, well, yeah, I'm a Batman guy too, but, uh, I, like, I really, really liked Inception. Yeah, Inception. Obviously very, very, like, uh, very into Memento. Um, yeah, maybe between Memento and Inception. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think probably Inception's up there, but I, but it's all the way up there. Like it is a very, very, very good movie. Mm-hmm. So it's tough to say too much more, you know, without yeah. being too spoilery for you. How did the, uh, atomic bomb look? Because it was not, it was uh, they, it was a practical, right? Yes. <laughs> However, they yeah. d- replicated it. It, um, I'll say, I, and I don't know if if that's what I said in my actual review, but I'll say chaotic, chaotic, okay. and almost confusing. Which I guess it it really lends itself to what those people must have been feeling in the time as well, mm. because they didn't really know what to expect. No. As far as this, even the atomic bomb test, mm-hmm. right? They, they didn't know how what the explosion was really supposed to look like. Mm. They're trying. They, they it was all based on theory, and then they got to like the test period, yeah. right? And so when this thing went off, you don't know exactly what to expect, right? And and so he does a lot of different things with the sound, and I don't want to spoil anything, but yeah, I thought it was pretty effective. Cool. Oh, I'm so bummed I didn't get to see either of these movies. Um. Yeah, I I thought the bomb was a little underwhelming. Actually, I don't know. Maybe that's why that's how it looked in the test. But I just have seen test footage. I've seen, you know, the bikini atolls get test bombed. Those poor fish. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. Yeah, I loved that it was practical. Certainly, I loved that I wasn't sitting there just watching some dumb um, computer generated. Mm-hmm you know, spectacle, like to, to try and ramp up the spectacle of it. I'm glad it was practical. I thought it was really neat and cool. Part of me wondered, though, why did they just go get a, a nuclear bomb for this really? movie? Really? Yeah. Did part of you wonder that? Yes. Is that a weird <laughs> thing? To, what's that, Brian? The, you wondered why they didn't use an actual nuclear bomb for the 
movie? Did you watch the movie when the movie was finished? Did that answer the question for you? Why they didn't get an actual <laughs> nuclear bomb? No, because there are <laughs> nuclear bombs, right? There's all kinds of nuclear bombs. There's so many in and the Christopher world. Christopher Nolan loves practical, so... <laughs> Why not just go to the U.S. government and be oh like, give me a little one. I'll buy oh a little one. Out. Like an old one. An old one that you're, you're going to decommission. Use a telephoto lens. Oh, my God. Yeah, absolutely. Like an older one that you're not. Come on. They blew these things up. These things get blown up. There's, there's, didn't the, doesn't the movie go into this about the rules now about detonating nuclear weapons? No. Doesn't it, it doesn't get into that? Not really. Yeah, you can't detonate a nuclear weapon. Why not? Because it's like laws everywhere around the world. Especially you can't. for a movie. Yeah. That's not just a thing you play with. But they have. It didn't f- get into that? That's so weird. I thought for sure it would. I mean, kind of a little bit, but they never said, like, now it's against the rules. Yeah, you can't. Uh, <laughs> you can't just let off nuclear bombs. Okay, but not just. We're making a movie no. here. No! Good... <laughs> it's like the worst Oh, my God. Just. Making a movie here is is very just. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah. one of the more just things. Uh, listen, listen, who's more evil here? You all would say that it's just to blow it up over a city and kill a bunch of people? What? I'm saying <laughs> no one would die. No, no. one. Or we could do, do you know just, about, uh, just get, get rid of all the nuclear yeah, bombs. Yeah, did it get into yeah, yeah, like yeah. nuclear fallout or anything like that? Yeah, yeah, wind yeah. is a thing still. <laughs> is it wind? Come on, you guys, you can test for all of that. <laughs> for yeah, a you movie? can test for wind. You can very easily predict oh, the weather. No, really you well. can plan. No, I mean they did. They tested this thing out in the desert where it wasn't going to hurt nobody. I'm sure there's like also like a carbon footprint count for movie productions yes. and yeah. And they, I don't know Send if they'd be able the to have the, pe- the the like no animals were harmed during the making of this movie <laughs> if they just like detonated a bomb somewhere. Yeah. Oh, what? Because oh a lizard? God. Yeah, a lizard. Yeah. Well, I don't think I saw that in this movie anyways. Okay. <laughs> At the end so of tra- Oh, but that's because I had to run out to Barbie the second the, the trailer or the movie was over. Yeah. Did you guys miss the beginning of Barbie? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Should I we did. listen to Brian's review? Who saw all of Barbie? Speaking yeah, sure. of Barbie. Yeah. Well, do you have any more to say about Oppenheimer there, Brian? Non-spoiler. Um, no, because I said it all in the 91 second review. Okay, let's do Barbie. And now, a zone at 91 3, 91 second movie review. 5, 4, 3, 2, and action! Barbie had the potential to be a very dumb movie. You could have had a dumb premise with dumb plot devices strung together to show off different types of Barbie dolls and Mattel products, and the expectation likely came from a bit of oversaturation with nostalgia-bait films. That being said, the studio did a smart thing and went with director Greta Gerwig, who had a very specific vision for this story from the jump. And while it still intentionally comes off as a dumb movie, you'll see it's probably one of the smartest dumb movies made in recent years. Barbie does, at first, follow the same plot beats of, say, the Lego movie, with the main character having somewhat of an existential crisis, but the film manages to veer off into something completely different and kind of unexpected with a variety of emotions injected into the narrative. It's actually a pretty great example of how all films should be marketed. There was enough in the trailer to entice me to buy a ticket, yet the viewing experience is still packed with surprising moments. You will be hit with a lot of social commentary and scathing truths woven throughout the film, but the message isn't focused on one specific thing. 
Now, the question my wife and I had wrestled with multiple times throughout opening weekend was whether or not to take my kids and nieces to this film. Mm. They're a bit on the younger side, and the main thing we were pondering is whether or not the film would be inappropriate for them. My thinking is that it wouldn't be, it's overall pretty tame, but while the visuals of the film are pretty bright and fantastical, the tone, humor, and message are definitely geared toward an audience that has a bit more emotional awareness. Totally. Overall, Barbie is full of fun visuals, laugh out loud comedy, and brilliantly submersive storytelling. So yeah, the film about a character with a life in plastic is truly fantastic. Incredible. Well done. <laughs> oh, I'm so bummed again that I did not get to see either of these movies. You'll see them. You'll see them. So you missed the first 15 minutes. This is the first 15 minutes. Uh, but, but, you know what? This is so nice. Your line reminded me of this, Brian. How wonderful that we saw Aqua in real life live yeah. the very same summer that the Barbie movie came out. Wow. We'll be so telling neat. our grandkids about that. No, so no, never fought in a war, but, however. <laughs> So, yeah, I, great, great review, Brian, as well. This was really good. And I think you're right, too, about the kids. This movie comes swinging so hot with so many messages, but they're messages that are, like, responses to societal things mm -hmm. that yeah. if you're a kid and you just like Barbie or you just want to see fun things and you haven't been battered about by all these messages your whole life, you're, you'd be sitting there being like, what? Why? You're, you'd be like, It'd be hearing one side of a conversation 50 years later, and it'd be like, what yeah. And what, uh, what an interesting move from Mattel and Greta Gerwig to oh my do God. that, to not just make a Barbie movie for kids. Because first of all, it's rated 14, yep. which is, yeah. you know, your first, I guess, flag that that might be this. Mm -hmm. But what a what a move well there's like there's infinity barbie like tv shows and, yeah. and and little movies and whatever like that right but you're just yeah you're never ever ever going to make a theatrical movie with a any kind of a name star just making one of those never yeah. right so it it really this is was really a perfect storm to bring greta gerwig and margot robbie who i think was involved before gerwig I think Mattel and the producers got Margot Robbie on board, and she was the one who was like, the director for this has got to be Greta Gerwig. Or like had yes. a, yeah. a short list of I directors. Mean, she already had a relationship, an existing relationship with Warner Brothers being uh, Harley Quinn, right? Like, right. So I would imagine so. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the only article thing I keep seeing is about like Amy Schumer was originally pulled for it, right? To play Barbie. Barbie, yeah, oh, and she backed out because mm. I guess the script or whatever it was entirely different. Um, and so she's been saying this week about like how happy she is how this movie has turned out and yeah. it's so different from when she was involved. Right. Um but yeah, so it was good. It was great. Yeah. Yeah, it was very fun. Was Biggest great. opening weekend. Um, I think of the year over over Maverick, I believe. What mm -hmm. Maverick was last year, wasn't it? Oh, was it Maverick last year? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But wait, that can't be right. That's not right. What that is the biggest opening weekend this year? Barbie. What I was mean, it? One twenty mil highest. Yeah, I, I believe it. Twenty fourth highest opening in history. Yeah. yeah what else has big come out this year? There was another big to the, the. I don't know. Tom Cruise. Mission Impossible. It's just is doing okay. No, I swear there's another one. That's crazy. Anyway, um, yeah, no, 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 no. That can't be right. I think it's for. F I'm I'm disagreeing with your fact. Okay. Um, <laughs> because I read something on Monday 
that was it was the biggest opening weekend for a female director ever. And if it had been the biggest opening weekend this year, I don't know. I feel like the story would have been bigger and they wouldn't have been like only for a female director. Well, the the story... Yeah, it's the female director story, but then it's also the double feature story. It's the fact that two movies made so much money in the same weekend, which has never been done before. Three hundred and fifty-six million for Barbie, hundred and eighty million. For oh, Robin so sorry, 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 yeah. sorry, sorry, yeah. sorry, sorry. Are we talking globally? Oh, I'm sure we're always talking globally. I don't uh, know no, that's U.S. Was, uh, oh no, wait, no, US. that's just currency. Mm. North American box office combining the U.S. and Canada. Yeah, so that that's been the story too. But um, in terms of the movie, though, uh, Brian, I don't, you don't you didn't really touch on your review, but like, how friggin' good is Ryan Gosling in that role? Hey, yeah, I know, and that's something I actually cut. My review was so long, and I just wrote it this morning. <laughs> yeah. Oh wow! Uh, I had so many more things to say, and one of them was yeah, uh, just um, performances. I didn't even touch on Margot Robbie's performance. She's great. Um, but yeah, all of the performances, all of the other Barbies, mm-hmm. and then. Yeah, Ryan Gosling had a chance to steal so many scenes, and he was so fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, just even just in this comedic sense, too, because you you know you've seen him in some comedic roles, but I don't think as over the top as this. Yeah, um, you never see was- Breaker High. Breaker High. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, what are you talking about? Talk about nostalgia. Baby. Talk about Canadian Canadian content TV shows. Oh, bo- yeah. Breaker High. For some of the movie, it's like the two people on screen are Ryan Gosling and Simu Liu. And it's like, wow, wow, wow Canada, Canada coming out yeah, hot. Oh, Canada. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, he was so fun to watch in this. And uh, I actually did not know that um i didn't realize america ferrera was in this yeah and i loved her as well yep nice yeah it was really good one thing uh that i read was that because like the set design and mm-hmm. is so great like they do such a good job of making barbie land look so barbie and then the real and wasn't world... there like a global shortage of pink paint because <laughs> yeah. of this yeah, i feel like that's wow. a marketing thing but <laughs> yes that it's true um and, and i really like i read that they they looked at the doll versus like all of her surroundings like her house and her car and everything and they found that on average barbie is 23 percent larger than everything that should be mm. in her world like the car is always a little bit smaller. The house is like not the size that the house would be for someone, right? Yeah, like it, it makes it look like Barbie's 10 feet tall all the time. But um, so that's what they did to make it look like that in Barbie land. Everything, all the set design, the car even was like the scaled car was so down. Small, yeah. yeah, it was like 23% oh, smaller than a normal car that Margot Robbie would be driving. So stuff yeah. like that, those like it's attention to details worked really well. I'm sure if we fine-tooth combed it and went through here, we'd find all kinds of Easter eggs yeah. and, you know, like throwback callbacks to Barbie's long history because the movie is really, really a beautiful love letter to this complicated figure in you know, in culture. And and it does, like, such a great job. And, like, yeah, Mattel, I guess, deserves credit for letting Greta Gerwig and Margot Robbie just do whatever they wanted because yeah. they really nailed it. Is it? Well, this is kind of like the Nintendo thing with uh, the Super Mario Brothers movie. Having the main company 
be your yes. creative uh, consultant slash controller uh -huh. means that the movie that they want is coming out rather than just like licensing it to somebody else and ending up with, you know, the things. But you... it's funny, too, because it doesn't necessarily paint Mattel in the most perfect light. No, nope. right? because it, it acknowledges the flaws that came along with, you know, with the doll and with the image, yep. which maybe they have to come to acknowledge as well. And yeah. good for them. Mm -hmm. um, Friends, I got to go. Oh, um, so do I just go or do you want to record extras or just go? Well, I'm going to leave pretty soon too, because these guys, I don't know if you're going to talk spoilers. So I wouldn't mind. we, we, we yeah. don't even necessarily have to talk spoilers. I don't know if you need to Paul or. Oh, we can wait a week on that. We can wait till. Why don't we wait until yeah. Kirsten sees these, and maybe Art will see them I'm too. I'm gonna see them in the next week. Oh my god. Oh no. <laughs> um, um, should we, we could just if you if you really gotta go, but we could always just handle the ending all awkward like we do. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. I love them. Those are. I think those are great. Okay, well, I'm with Mister Bud. Bye. Okay, now that Bud is gone. Yes. Um, <laughs> Bud was right. I should hey. never challenge. Just go away. <laughs> I don't want to say this in front of you. Bud was right. Should never challenge Bud's knowledge. Barbie was the biggest opening. Uh. Um, which is weird, though, that all of the articles were like for a female director. And I mean, that is important. Well, that's a big story. But like, mm -hmm. also yeah. the biggest opening weekend. Anyway. Um, but then also when we were like, what other movies have been released this year? Um, you guys, yeah, the Super Mario Brothers, which you just fucking talked about, oh, Across yeah, right. the Spider-Verse, yeah. Guardians the 3, oh, yeah. like yeah. Um, lots of fucking movies. Ant-Man and the Wasp, yeah, was that movies. this year? Yeah. yeah. John Wick, like, come on, there's been a lot, Fast X, like, there's been lots of fucking movies this year. Yeah, there have been, and obviously we talked about it, but, like, nothing has been as big, and the hype has not nearly been as big for this Barbie movie. But, yeah. Like, not really nothing has taken over. Anyway, that's, now, that's wild I wanna say, that that's the biggest opening weekend, though. That is, yeah. That's wild that it's and it, Barbie So it, it also beat Oppenheimer I, as well. I, I thought, and we kind of talked about that uh, last week when you were saying, what do you think is going to win the box office? And yeah. I feel like, yeah, Barbie made more sense. Because but it obviously, yeah, because Oppenheimer's three hours as well. Yeah. yeah. Well, very true, right? If you get into yeah. like how you can time these, there's just physically less tickets less available. Showings. Well, and yeah. listen as well, like, you know, as much as we're glowing about Oppenheimer, it still is a challenging. Yeah. You know, as much as that's mm -hmm. a, like a big blockbuster event of a movie, it's still a uh, historical drama that takes three hours and is, you know, very dry a lot of times. Yeah, it's more fun now, to go see the Barbie movie. Yeah. Now, Barbenheimer, the whole phenomenon, that mm -hmm. social media phenomenon is very interesting to me because it was yeah. fueled very much by social media. Yeah. Um, but it, because it did seem like, Barbie, the Barbie movie being placed in this weekend, to me, seemed like a big F you to Christopher Nolan, who mm. took his production company away from Warner Brothers oh, recently. Oh, right. Right? He, he's like, oh, well, I'm, I'm not going to do any more uh, pictures with, with Warner Brothers then because of the whole, you know, everything being released to streaming during the pandemic and right. nothing being released to theaters. And so he comes out with Oppenheimer. He says he's going to release it on this date. And Warner Brothers is like, well, fuck you. We're putting our Barbie movie here, uh, you know, to co directly compete with you. But then this whole, I don't know why, these two opposites, like, could be, couldn't be more polar opposite of films hmm. uh, kind of come together in the social media. It's just all like, well, let's watch five hours of movie back to back, <laughs> yeah. like Paul Plastino did. Yes. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, and I think that it's that is interesting. I think both these movies did better than they maybe would have because yeah. of the Barbenheimer effect. Yeah. You know? Yeah, exactly. I would have chose one or the other, but there's no way, you know, that I would have gone to five straight hours of movie. <laughs> so many regrets. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, actually, you know what? I was going to say, I, I think that watching them in this way, I don't know if you got the same feeling, Brian, you know, even just both on the same day, but split up a bit. But for me, back to back, I kind of made both of them even better. Like while I was sitting there, Loving Oppenheimer, I was like st- stoked then for the cool down that was going to be Barbie, mm-hmm. and then yeah. while I was, and then Barbie for sure. Like after Oppenheimer, I really needed those laughs, and they felt yeah. really good and cathartic. Um, and so definitely that was the right order in which to do it. I think was Oppenheimer then Barbie, um, and I, th- I think doing it that way really I increased my enjoyment of both of them. And do you guys think yeah. anyone uh, is there Oscar buzz about Barbie? Or not really. Could, I mean, there should be. There could be. Yeah. There should be. Yeah. Uh, there are certain like America Ferrera. Uh, I don't know if you've you've heard, but there's like people have been talking about. Oh, there's this 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 great monologue. Yeah. That you just want to stand up and cheer, right? Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. and I think that could be like either. I don't know if there's any specific for script writing or anything like that, mm-hmm. but like. Holy shit, was that a powerful scene? Wow. Margot Robbie as well. Just like it's not just her smiling and not blinking and being a Barbie. She has some very, very powerful scenes. And mm-hmm. I also love like even just the sound mix of her sort of just sitting on like a um a bus bench and then you just she's hearing the sounds around her and she's getting very emotional. Mm-hmm. Um I thought, yeah, I thought she knocked it out of the park as well. Yeah. So yeah, so there are some some scenes that could you know have some Oscar buzz uh, around them. Um, yeah, I, well, I don't know if like an individual performance would get a a nom from Barbie mm-hmm. movie. Maybe uh, set design things like that. Yeah, you know what? I think the movie itself though could get best picture. Really? I, I really it do. It could get a good uh, best picture nom. Yeah, for Over? sure. I, it had enough going on, and huh. like the messages were so strong that yeah, I absolutely think it could get that nomination. Wow. Yeah. And is it, most importantly for me, is it also a musical? Are there musical numbers in this movie? Oh, there are. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I so enjoyed excited. those yeah. so much. And they're oh. so good, yeah. Oh, I'm so excited. Like, yeah, yeah last week when the, the soundtrack dropped and there was those two, like, Ryan Gosling songs, I'd, like, it shot up. Oppenheimer was my priority. <laughs> and then I heard yeah. that and I was like, I need to go see this Barbie movie now. Yeah. Oh, my yeah. God. Yeah. It's it's so good. Yeah, it's so fun. And it's so it's it, this movie does really like a few very big, very interesting things all at once. It like it uh, like obviously deals with the complicated history of Barbie mm-hmm. in a mm-hmm. beautiful way, but it also you know like really takes on the patriarchy by name, <laughs> it, like yeah. really strongly in a really clever, smart, interesting, good, even-handed, fair way. It's. Yeah, it's pretty fascinating. Oh, I'm so excited to see these movies, and I'm so sad I haven't. Yeah, and then Oppenheimer too. Holy shit! Like, I I, I don't know if we said enough about it, but like that movie is it's so good, mm-hmm. and uh, the cast is really good. And there's one spoiler cat piece of casting that I won't say, I but I mean, I can leave now unless you guys want to save it for next week. Nah, I don't think I'm gonna nah, be able nah, to see it's it. fine. It's just it just can't be said enough how good that is. All right, we got uh, you know nine minutes here. Why don't we? Uh, why don't you talk a little? Uh, did you watch? That's Crawl Show. Oh, yeah, maybe Brian. No, I haven't seen it, but maybe Brian. All right, well, let's do that then. All right, the season finale of C 
Secret Invasion. Okay, I have a question for you, Brian, before you talk about if you're going to mail something later about the finale. But last week in episode five, in the car, does Gravik not call the Skrull Rhodey the the name of the mom? uh, Rava. Yeah. The mom? The mom, right? No, is it it Rava or... I don't know. Well, I'm I'm sure it would have Rob been. Rob is the name I think of the Skrull. Is that that's that's the Yeah, name I just thought called. that that was Gaia's mom's name. No, okay, uh, Gaia's okay. mom's name is uh, shoot, I forget. You can't just name alien things and, and make Soren. me remember them. Soren. How Scandinavian. Okay, cuz when when that happened, I was like, uh was that supposed to be a bigger moment? Wait a minute, is this? No. Oh, yeah. Okay, 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 never mind. Um that was my only question for you and can't wait to watch this next finale episode. I will say, overall, the as far as Secret Invasion, because it's a huge storyline in comics. So hang on, is it I done? Wanna, Did you just yes. watch the finale today, Brian? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And I want to. I don't want to be that nerd. It's like, oh, they didn't do enough mm-hmm. this comic storyline. They wasted this comic storyline because there is still potential of like what they could be doing with this. They. they I mean. I just think that they probably like, like while I think it was great to have uh, uh, Samuel L. Jackson in a leading role in a Marvel uh, property. Yeah. Uh, and they did some really interesting things with this, you know, to, to start. I don't know if it I don't think it really stuck the landing. Oh, oh, really? Interesting. Yeah. So why? I mean, For what reason? It kind of just really got sort of, you know, how you, like the you know, bat, like the, some of the not so great Marvel movies just get into like third act CGI okay. um, yeah. action. Mm-hmm. Pretty much all it was. Is that know? right? Like there's oh. not a whole heck of a lot to to the episode. And then it, when you're looking at the series in general, it's like wow, they they had so much. It had so much potential, and I, I don't think it really reached it. Oh, we missed a we missed a good transition here because isn't Gravik a Ken? That's another thing. Yeah, I wanted to say is that you are going to see Kingsley Benadire a lot over the next several years because he's playing Bob Marley too in a oh no way uh, in a biopic. Yeah, Yeah. I loved him in in Secret Invasion, so I thought he was a really good addition. Him and Olivia Coleman are huge standouts. So I thought he was a fun Ken too. (laughs) (laughs) What Ken is he? I for I forget what specific Ken. Yeah. Is there is there like a specific can that or actually, they're all specific are there specific cans in this? There were specific Barbies. There are specific yeah. Barbies. Yeah, I there think there's specific can. Because like, Ryan Gosling is like beach can, I think. <laughs> yeah. I think he's just like yeah. Anyway, that that was our perfect transition into this. <laughs> that he is also a can. Um, that's a bummer. That's a bummer that it doesn't stick the landing. Like I've been enjoying the show because i don't have to pay mm. for it mm. i've been enjoying that it's only six episodes oh, I've been enjoying... are you stealing disney plus no, no no well but i pay for lots of things on disney plus right like it's whatever it is this one feels like gravy it's just i don't know it's 10 bucks a month or whatever sure the heck i pay for it so and my child watches disney constantly so right, i okay. feel like i'm not <laughs> this paying one's for free it. um <laughs> But, uh, yeah, so I like six episodes. I like that the episodes are half an hour. I don't feel Mm -hmm. like it's a chore to watch this. I feel like the pacing's been good. But, yeah, the story, so far, I'm kind of like, eh, whatever. But standouts, definitely Olivia Coleman and Kingsley Ben. 
Adair yeah. or whatever his name is. Um, so so good. So a little bit of a bummer that it's not going to stick the landing, but hey, it's only half an hour and it's it, kind of free. I, I also I'll say, yeah, it, it, this does seem like an unfortunate um, uh, kind of casualty of like overworked VFX artists. Oh God! Oh, really? I'm so not excited oh. to watch this. I already have such a problem with bad CGI things, and this is going to be awful. Yeah, uh, Kingsley Benadire as Basketball Ken. Basketball Ken. Basketball. <laughs> oh no! Yeah, he's good. Yeah, he's quite good. That's all right. Okay. Well, uh, where, where could, did you be? Did Bud do that? Where can we find you, Kirsten James? Where can we find you yeah. on the internet? Yeah, Kirsten James. Paul Placino. Paul Placino. Uh, you can find me, DJ Boy Town. Eh, just Google. Um, <laughs> that's been the Geek Out Podcast. Zip it up, zip it out, mofos. Whoa! The Geek Out Podcast is a production of The Zone at 91.3. The views expressed here are not necessarily those of this radio station. And really, some of those views are pretty stupid. I mean, come on. For more on-demand audio from The Zone, visit thezone.fm slash podcast or the on-demand tab of our app. Thanks for listening, and thanks for being a zoner.